This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So, you know, when Joseph came to visit Jacob, you know, and uh, I mean, Jacob didn't tell him about all his heart problems. He didn't say, oh, Joseph, I'm so glad you came because, you know, the cardiologist says I have AFib. He's increased my blood meds. Can you believe it? I've got 14 in this bag. I don't even know what they all are. The rheumatologist says I've got osteoarthritis. He says I need analgesics. The oncologist says I have melanoma. I can't withstand the, the, the chemo treatments. The primary care wants to put me on Lipitor. I haven't even read all the other side effects. And the ophthalmologist says, I've got cataracts. <laughs> I mean, Jacob is not there thinking about all his physical conditions. He's only thinking about El Shaddai. And he's saying, Joseph, just think of how almighty God is. Just think of how Shaddai El is. And I was, I was running away from him. I was running away from him, Joseph. I was running away from me in Bethel. And he, he caught up with me. And when I was asleep, and he blessed me, and he made these promises. Isn't that great, Joseph? Isn't that wonderful? Let's just praise the Lord now together. That's what was happening. Now, that was Jacob. He was a man who was just enthralled with God. You know, I love what, what my friend Clint told me this week. Clint was teaching his children. He's got a lot of children. He's got 10, so he can do a lot of teaching. And he says, he was telling his kids, he says, you know, when it comes to God, he was telling his little kids, he was saying to them, when it comes to God, you should never see your own shadow. And he didn't tell them what it, what it meant. Because God is light, and therefore you should never see your own shadow. Because if you're facing the light, if you're facing God, you won't see your own shadow. But if your back is toward God, then you'll see your own shadow. And, and Jacob, he's in pretty bad shape on this bed. He's not going to get off of this bed alive. And so if Jacob had his back towards God, then he would have been looking at his own shadow and he would have been talking about, oh, the condition I'm in, you won't believe it. He wouldn't have done that because he looked pretty bad. His shadow looked pretty bad. But 
Jacob did not turn his back on God. And so all he talked about was the light. All he talked about was God because he was facing God. And sometimes we need to turn around and face God so that we can't see our own shadow. We can't see ourselves. We can't see ourselves. And that turning around to face God is what David was referring to in Psalm 80. Psalm 80, verse 3. Psalm 80, verse 3, said like this. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Jacob was facing God. And when we're not facing God, then we need to, to turn us again, O God, so, it caused that, so his face will shine on us. And the fact that, that David said, again, turn us again, you know, he said, I'm very sorry, but it is an again affair. Turn us again. Means that, means that we're, we're so prone to turn away from God. We're always turning away and we see our shadow. And it's like it says in Isaiah 53, 6, Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And then in Psalm 80, it goes on. It's not just in that verse three. It's repeated again in verse eight. In verse eight, it's repeated. And then in verse seven, it says, turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. It's over and over again. Verse 19, verse eight and verse 19. Turn us again, O God of O Lord God of hosts, cause thy face to shine, we shall be saved. Again and again and again and again. We have to turn back to face God. And here, but here, Jacob, he's facing God. And that's why the first words out of his mouth are God Almighty. And then it says, you drop down to verse 21, Genesis 48, 21, 48, 21. Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Imagine, imagine Joseph coming and saying, you know, how, you, how are you, dad? And he says, behold, I die. You know, I mean, and Jacob's, Jacob, and, and, and it, look what it does not say. It does not say, and Jacob said unto Joseph, behold, I die. No, it doesn't say that. It says, and Israel said unto Joseph, behold, I die. This is how, this is, this is now the Israel, the Israel of God. He's speaking of his impending death. And with this complete assurance, with this complete peace, he says, behold, I die. Behold, I die. And he did not say something like, you know, behold, I die. And those lousy Egyptian physicians are so incompetent, that's why I'm dying. <laughs> He's not blaming them. He's not saying you can't even find a Jewish doctor. I got to have these Egyptian doctor anyway. No, <laughs> I mean, the, the, he does not say that. He does not say, behold, I die, and I don't want to die. I want to see my grandchildren grow up. I don't want to die. He doesn't say, behold, I die. Well, everyone else has got to die sooner or later, so I guess it has to happen to me. Dying's a bummer. He didn't say that. That, that wasn't Jacob. Jacob was not thinking of himself. He was not seeing his shadow when he said, behold, I die. Jacob is thinking of Joseph. Even though he's dying, he's going through the misery of the dying process, Jacob here is not thinking of himself during this dying process. Jacob is thinking of Joseph while he's dying. Just like the Lord Jesus. He's dying. Father, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. He's dying. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He's dying. Woman, behold thy son. He's dying. And again, there's an excitement with Jacob. As we can see Jacob, he's saying to Joseph, Joseph, yes, I'm dying. But I have some very important information to tell you. I gotta tell you, great news, Joseph. And this information is, God shall be with you, Joseph. Now, that was the characteristic of Joseph's life. It said that over and over again. And the Lord was with Joseph. But that's it. That's it. And Joseph, he sits there and he thinks to himself, well, I heard my father was really sick and he was on his deathbed. So I came as fast as I could. I made sure that my father didn't die before I came, before I got here. And I got here and I see my father and I see him prop himself up on his bed and with a great big smile, he says to me, God Almighty appeared to me and blessed me and made promises to me. And that was over 40 years ago. And now my father is dying and he's encouraging me. And he's telling me that God's gonna be with me. I mean, I came here to encourage my father and my father's encouraging me. And, he's and Jacob was telling Joseph that, that, that God was with him at the time when he was dying. Also, and as for comforting, Joseph's broken heart about his father dying couldn't have been better words. God was gonna be with you, God's with me. That's wonderful. Then Jacob realizes, as we said here, that he's gonna die. And so now we come to the next chapter, chapter 49, verse one, Genesis 49, verse one, 49, verse one. And it says, and Jacob called unto, unto his sons and said, these are the 12 sons, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. So he feels he must now address each one of his 12 sons individually, personally, and give them a, a, a message about what's gonna happen. And this is right here, the end of his life, Genesis 49, this is one of the finest moments in Jacob's life. Another fine moment in Jacob's life is when he took a hold of God and he said, I will not let thee go unless thou bless me. That was a fine moment in his life. And this is a fine moment on his life as, he, as he's speaking to each one of them. And he starts with Reuben. Reuben, who had raped his concubine. And he says to Reuben in verse four, Reuben, unstable as water. Thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then, then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. Boy, what a way to start. He passes from Reuben, and he comes to Simeon Levi. He thinks, maybe it'll get better when I come to Simeon Levi. But he remembers how Simeon and Levi became so angry with how the prince of Shechem had forced their sister, Dina, and how in their anger they murdered all the men. They murdered all the men of the city of Shechem. And Jacob, remembering this, he's got such a pain in his heart, and he says to them in verse 5, Genesis 39, 5, Genesis 39, 5, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty in their habitations. Oh, my soul, come not thou near unto their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall, Cursed be their anger. It was fierce, it was, and their wrath for his cruel 
I'll divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So he says, he comes to Simeon and Levi, and he says, withdraw, withdraw, withdraw. And he curses their anger and their cruelty. And then he comes to Judah, and he thinks, oh, Judah, he spent so much time with prostitutes. But he sees something, and he says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be on the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couches a lion as an old lion who shall rouse him up. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet till Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. He comes to Judah. He comes to Judah, the man who has already got an eye problem, Jacob. But now he sees something he's never seen before. He doesn't see Judah with the prostitutes now. His eyes are open for the first time. He's in utter shock. He sees he's the one who's going to bring the Messiah. He's the one who God is going to come in the flesh through his seed. And he just blurts out this statement, Yehuda Atah, Yehuda, Judah, you, Judah, you, you, you're the one. Your brethren are going to praise you. Your hand is going to be in the neck of your enemies. Your brethren's going to bow down to you. Shiloh, another word from Messiah, is going to come through you. Shiloh, another word from Messiah, is going to gather the Jewish people together. And then he moves on through the rest of the children until he comes to Joseph. Verse 22. Genesis 49, 22. 49, 22, he says, Joseph is a fruitful bough. Even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. The archer solely grieved him, shot at him, hated him, but his bow abode in strength, and his arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brothers, separate from his brethren. Now, Jacob, he now, like he takes a, a, a palette and a brush and he paints a beautiful picture. And he's, gonna, he's painting the picture now to illustrate who Joseph is. And in this picture, Jacob the painter paints a picture to illustrate Joseph. And he's got a picture of a well, a wall, and of a fruitful vine. And he says, this fruitful vine is planted by a well. He paints that. The fruitful vine is planted by a well. And then he says, this fruitful vine has fruitful branches, branches of the fruitful vine. And he paints that. And these branches are running up to and over the wall. And as if Joseph, Jacob is so excited here that he's saying to everyone, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you all see it? There's a well. This well is full of water. 
and the earth around this well is moist. It's wet with water. And can you see that planted right by the well is a vine? And that vine is drawing from the water that the well is, is giving to the ground? And because it has this hidden source of water, this vine is bearing fruit. It's bearing a lot of fruit. And this vine is, is, this vine is bearing so much fruit, it's called a fruitful vine. And then he's saying, this vine is not staying in one place. This vine is spreading itself out, and it's growing out of its place. And look, there's a wall there. There's a wall. And normally these vines will stay inside the wall. Not this vine. Not this vine. This vine is reaching out, and it has extended itself right along the ground up to the base of the wall. And then this, this vine has stretched itself up the wall, and then this vine has continued to grow down over the wall. And as if the vine, the vine has stretched itself over the wall, it's like the vine now is speaking to the people on the other side of the wall, and the vine is saying, oh, look, everyone outside the wall. This vine is talking now. I've come from moist ground by the well. I've come across the land to, on the other side, up to the wall. I've come up the wall. I've come over the wall. I've stretched myself. I've reached forth to you on the other side of the wall, and I've done this because I want you to enjoy my fruit. I brought you fruit. And we can imagine Jacob looking at all his son and saying, can you see the picture I just painted for you? Can you see how life-giving this well is to make the ground so moist that this vine can grow so well? And can you see how unusual this vine is? Is that it has not stayed here by the well? but that this vine has run along the ground. It's run up the wall. It's run over the wall. It's reached over to the other side of the wall. Can you see that because this vine ran over the wall, that now the people on the other side of the wall, they're able to enjoy the fruit, the fruit from this unusual fruitful bough. And it's almost as if Jacob will then say, will you join me in applauding this vine? for how it drew so much water from the well that it was able to be so fruitful? It's like you say to his sons, will you join me in applauding this vine for having a vision to feed the people on the other side of the wall? I know you're all gonna call the loony house after this day. You gotta see that Tom Canty, he's out of his mind. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Will you join me, like Jacob is saying, will you join me in applauding this vine for having the courage to travel to the other side of the wall, to feed the people on the other side of the wall. And then Jacob says, the vine is Joseph. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough. And this is what, this is what he said, this, he could say, he, Jacob could say, this is what I mean by Joseph is a fruitful vine. Joseph was here at home at Canaan before he was sold as a slave. And he went to, and, he, and then he went into Egypt all alone. And going to e, going into Egypt was like Joseph was the vine traveling over the wall to the other side of the well, wall. I mean, when Joseph was at home, he was a fruitful vine. Joseph, he was a fruitful vine as a son at home when he was with his father. 
Joseph was a fruitful vine at home caring for the sheep. Joseph was a fruitful vine at home revealing his dreams to the family. Joseph was a fruitful vine telling his father uh, uh, what his brothers were up to so he could, they could, he could stop the evil that they were up to. He was a fruitful vine when he traveled so low, far to bring his brothers something from home and, and he was caring for his brothers. He was a fruitful vine because he drew his strength from the water of the presence of God. And he was a fruitful vine by a well. The well is God. And he's drawing the water. But then Joseph, as a fruitful vine, he ran over to the wall, over the wall, into Egypt. Into Egypt, when he was sold as a slave. And then, over the wall, Joseph was a fruitful vine, bringing the fruit of the knowledge of God, Elohim, into the house of Potiphar. As he stood for God, as he refused to commit adultery with uh, Potiphar's wife, called it a great sin against Elohim. And over the wall, Joseph was a fruitful vine in Egypt in prison as he told the prisoners, interpretations to your dreams belong to God. And over the wall, Joseph is a fruitful vine in Egypt telling Pharaoh, there's only one God, Elohim. And over the wall, Joseph is a fruitful vine teaching in Egypt the senators of Egypt and, and all of Egypt about the goodness of God, about how God is so good. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well whose branches run over the wall. Now, we look at a picture like that, and then we can ask the question, are we, what about us? Are we just staying by the well, by the well with our Christian friends, with our Christian family, or are, willing to, are we willing to be a fruitful vine that goes out over the wall, and brings the gospel to the lost. Like Adina and Randy over there, who are missionaries to a very dangerous part of Nigeria right now. And, you know, I've called Joseph, says a bow, I've called him a vine. Actually, the word is bane, it's son. He's a fruitful son. And the branches, are, they call them branches, it's really the word daughters. But it doesn't matter. But the picture, because the picture that, J that Jacob is painting here it's clearly that of a vine. It's a vine, and, and he speaks of the branches running over the wall. But Jacob in his picture has only described one vine, just one vine. And this single vine has traveled over the wall. It's because Jacob saw Joseph was all alone in Egypt. There was no church for him to go to. There were no believing friends that he had. He was all alone. And Joseph had been separate, as he said, separated from his brethren. He was separated from his family. And that's what he says in verse 26, Genesis 49, 26, him that was separate from his brethren, Genesis 49, 26. And this beautiful picture that Jacob has painted of Joseph, as if Jacob is saying, he's saying, look at Joseph. He's such a fruitful vine. He's run over the wall. Look at how all alone he went over the wall. Look at how there's no other vines. And again, he would say, will you applaud Joseph for his courage to go alone into Egypt, to the Egyptian people, to help the Egyptian people? And then Joseph used a very important word when he described how Joseph moved over the wall and implying when he went to Egypt. And so, in verse 22, 
whose branches run over the wall, run over the wall. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.